Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, great to be with you. And uh, I have to just say thanks to the worship team for uh, how wonderfully you led us to God's throne of grace today. Um, so I'm almost 71 years old. Um, when I was 53, I remember reading something um, just about health, diet, exercise, and all of that. And it said, if you've been sedentary for most of your life, you know, if you're still in your early 50s, it's still not too late. Um, and it's actually never too late to start getting fit and getting healthy. But up to that point, I had never seen the inside of a gym. I remember my wife used to say, hey, you know, after supper, you want to go for a walk? And I'm like, oh, no, I just want to watch the news, you know. Or just, like, I just didn't want to go out and do anything. And I was quite sedentary. And I remember reading this, and they're saying that if you want to mitigate the possibility um, of heart disease, uh, cancer, diabetes, loss of bone density, all that kind of stuff. If you're in your early 50s, that's a really good time to start thinking about fitness. And so I did, and I've never looked back. It's been like 17, 18 years, and I've never looked back from that point on. Um, so the secret to a healthy body is getting the right habits in place. And there's three of them, and you'll see this slide come up. There's diet or nutrition, right? Diet, exercise, and rest. The Apostle Paul, when he writes to Timothy, this is in the New Testament, 1 Timothy, uh, he says this to him, I think it's chapter 4. He says, um, train yourself to be godly. So how many of you are training yourselves to be godly? I hope you are. But train yourself to be godly. And then he says, for physical fitness... He said, is good, but he said, godliness is good not only for this present age, but also for the age to come. And so he's saying, pay attention not only to the physical, not only to your body, but also pay attention to your spirit, to your relationship with God. And so there's a secret to living a vibrant and healthy spiritual life. And I would probably, probably say it's an open secret. I, I think when I... when Pastor Moses and I are going to share with you today. We're going to kind of tag team, right? And, uh, and so um, we're just going to share what we think are the keys to thriving spiritually. We need to cultivate the right habits. And the primary habit is the one that we're celebrating today, and that is the habit of thanksgiving. Can everybody just say thanksgiving? Yeah, that's the habit that we really need to nurture. And so here's the key. Is we want to show you today how you can make every day a Thanksgiving day. To make every day a Thanksgiving day. Now, the habits uh, of my own life, you know, there's things I can improve on for sure. I eat fairly well. I snack too much at night. I know that. I don't get quite enough rest. I'm one of those people that I get to sleep really quickly, but I wake up in the middle of the night, there's things on my mind, three o'clock in the morning, I can't, you know, I've got to offload them, I've got to write them down, or I get up and I pray, you know, and read my Bible, and then go back to sleep. But I want to tell you this, if you're not getting sufficient rest, don't be proud of the fact that you only sleep five hours a night. It's actually very bad for brain health. Neuroscientists will tell you that. And, you know, you increase your chances of dementia if you get seven or less hours of sleep a night. Naps during the day are not only, uh, you know, should be, not be permitted, they should be permitted, but they should actually be recommended. A good nap during the day 
in your office, have a little place to just lie down for 10 minutes, and, you know, you're going to feel better for the rest of the day. Um, but there's habits in the spiritual life that we all need to nurture as well. And, you know, I talk about this a lot. My habit in the morning is I rise in the morning uh, early enough to, have, to do my Bible reading, uh, to work on my scripture memory, to pray, and a lot of that is listening prayer. Uh, many mornings I journal uh, my thoughts and prayers and that sort of thing. Um, scripture memory is a really big part of it for me. I commit chunks of scripture to, to memory, but for me, it's a, that's a form of meditation. And the Bible says we ought to meditate on the Word of God. So these are spiritual habits. But here's the thing. You can put all those habits, like get up in the morning, and you can, um, uh, you can have your devotions very faithfully every morning, and you can go to church every Sunday, and you can go to Bible study during the week and all that. But here's the point. There's a certain attitude that needs to go with it. We need to approach it with the right attitude. Don't make it just a hollow habit. So I want to ask you a question this morning. How is your spiritual life? How's your spiritual life? Are you making room for the Holy Spirit to be at work in your life? Do you have an unrushed daily quiet time sometime during the day? Do you listen to God in prayer? Not just where you're talking and giving your request, but do you listen? When you read the Bible, do you pray? I mean, do you read it with a listening heart and say, God, is there something you want to say to me today through this reading of Scripture? This week, Thursday night, and if you haven't signed up for this, I'm starting a six-week series on Hearing God, the Hearing God classes, 6.30 to 8 o'clock for six consecutive Thursdays. If you haven't uh, signed up for that, please talk to me, or just go online on our website, and you can register there. If you're already doing all those things, you've got a head start. You know, if you've got all those spiritual habits in place, you've got a head start. If you haven't put those habits in place, it's never too late to start. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. So here's what we're going to do today. Moses and I are going to jump into God's Word, and we're going to show you how you can make every day a Thanksgiving day. Would you like, how would you like, how many of you would like to make every day a Thanksgiving day? Would you like that? That means you get turkey every day, you know, no. Um, so we've drawn on a passage of Scripture that actually this was Pastor Moses' idea, and so we're going to go with this. It's Paul's letter to the Christians in Thessalonica. So this is 1 Thessalonians in your New Testament. Uh, Paul started this church, and he was really thankful for this church because they had a robust faith, sacrificial love, and he was away from them, but he wanted to come back and visit them someday. And he himself, though, here's the thing. The apostle Paul was suffering. He really was. His life was not easy, and yet he was thankful. He was grateful for this church, and he expressed that to them. And near the end of his letter, he closes with a, a series of short exhortations, short little pieces of advice, and Pastor Moses is going to come, and he's going to read that little passage of Scripture to us. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 to 18. Pastor Moses. Thank you, Pastor Brian. So we'll get our reading from First uh, Thessalonians 5, uh, 12 to 18. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you 
and are over you in the Lord and harmonize you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work is sake. Be at peace among yourself. Now we exhaust you. Brethren, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. See that no one render evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourself and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Moses. What is the will of God for us according to that passage? Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. What is the will of God for us? Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. If you're walking around or you hear someone walking around and say, I don't know the will of God for me, rejoice, pray, give thanks. It's not a secret. It's not a secret. So we're going to focus today on verses 16 through 18 in this passage. And so this is a kind of a harmonious triad of virtues and practices, these three things. And they're mutually reinforcing. One of the, you know, if you pray, it makes it easier to give thanksgiving. And when you give thanksgiving, it's easier to experience joy in your life. And so these verses describe three habits of the Christian life that I can guarantee to you, if you read the letters of the Apostle Paul, these three words, rejoice or joy, prayer, and thanksgiving show up over and over and over in the writings of the Apostle Paul. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks always, he says, continually in all circumstances. Can we just say that, just read that right off there. It's right on the screen. Can we just say that? So here's, here's what I want us to do. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks always, continually, in all circumstances. Now you might be saying to yourself, that's not possible to do that. Let's just see what God's word says. So he says rejoice always. Um, the Apostle Paul, when he wrote the letter to the Christians in Philippi, this is Philippians, we know that he was in jail for his faith. He was imprisoned unjustly for his faith, for the crime of preaching the gospel. And yet he says, rejoice, brothers and sisters, rejoice always. And the reason he rejoiced is because the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ was getting out into the world, even though he was in prison, actually the mission was growing stronger because of his imprisonment, because other people took up the cause. And so here's the question I want to ask you. Think about your life right now. What's it like for you? Are you suffering? Are you troubled about something? Are there people you're concerned about? 
Are you carrying big burdens? Are you experiencing uh, tribulation, trials, adversity? How do you rejoice always in those circumstances? You have to keep your eyes focused on eternity. This life is a dot. Eternity is the line that goes on forever. Just keep your eyes focused on where you're headed and the reward that will be yours one day if you stay faithful. And in the tough times, remember, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger only if you're willing to learn the lesson. And so adversity is an opportunity to grow, to learn. And so that's how I can rejoice. So when I go through difficult times, I may not like it in the moment, but I know that there's always an opportunity for me to learn and to grow through that. Remember this as well. There's always somebody worse off than you. I want you to look at this image here. And my version of this is I complained because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. It's so easy to complain about what we don't have until we see somebody who's worse off than we are. So we need to refuse to complain. And if you do complain, please turn your complaint into a prayer. There are psalms of complaint in the Old Testament. Look at the psalms. But he turned them into prayer. And almost every one of those psalms, the psalms of complaint are also filled with words of praise and thanksgiving to God. Sing songs of praise. We did that this morning. Thank you, Lane and Lila and the team, for leading us this morning. It is good for your spirit, for your soul, to open your mouth and to sing songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. And so you have a choice to rejoice. Can everybody say that too? I have a choice to rejoice. I have a choice to rejoice. You really do, and it's really up to you. So look at this statement. Happiness does not bring us gratitude. Gratitude brings us happiness. Now think about that for a second. People would think, well, I would be more grateful if I had a happy life. Uh Uh-uh. Be grateful. In all circumstances, give thanks, and then you will be happy. Happiness is the result of living a life of gratitude. So he says, rejoice always. Then he says, pray continually. Pray continually. You pray continually when you live in the ongoing awareness of the presence of God. You can pray when you're driving your car with your eyes wide open and your hands on the steering wheel. You can pray when you're walking around You can pray when you're doing the dishes. You can pray when you're vacuuming the floors. You can pray at all times. And it doesn't even mean that you're always forming words with your mouth or with your mind, but it does mean there's this sense of you're always delivering your soul up to God all through the day. You're always aware that he's with you at all times. And so you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. And that's what prayer is. The way we pray continually. Well, this is what Brother Lawrence said. He was, he was like a monk who lived hundreds of years ago. And he said, I can practice the presence of God anywhere, anytime. No matter what. 
That's really what prayer is. Sometimes we put the prayers into words. Sometimes prayer is just listening. Maybe you're out for a walk and you're just like, Lord, I'm just going to go for a walk. And if, if, you, if there's anything you want to say to me, if there's someone you want me to stop and talk to, please reveal that to me. That's living a life of prayer. It's an attitude of dependence upon God. It's being aware that every word you say and every thought you have is in the presence of God. He knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows the words on your mouth before you say them. So we need to be mindful of that. It's being spiritually vigilant. So I'm going to ask Pastor Moses to do something. Um, And I know you're going to say this a little bit later, but I want you just to do this. You talk about prayer in your life. I know you're a man of prayer, and you teach your children to pray. Can you just come just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I'm going to take my my mask off. You can take it off. I'm okay. (laughs) Thank you, Jewish members, Jewish family. Uh, And thank you, Pastor Brian, for the opportunity. Yes, I do teach my children how to pray. And my children and my wife always inspire my life, especially my children. Pray and give thanks to God for everything that we have in our home. The neighbor that we live in, the friend that we have, dear friend at school, my friend, and teachers, the school that they go to, the church building, they pray for Jesus, and they pray for those who are sick. And I realized that I teach them how to pray. But now it is my turn to listen to how they pray. I'm learning a lot from them. Good. Okay. Thank you, Moses. Now, I know you had that in your notes from later on, so you can do whatever you want with that. But I just wanted Moses to share that right now because I know that this is a man of prayer. Boer, I know, is a man of prayer. Pastor Boer with the Sudanese congregation. I know that many of you are people of prayer. And I think it's going to become known to us one day when we get to heaven that we're going to realize how much prayer really made a difference. And I think it's so important for us to teach our children how to pray. For them to see us in prayer to see us in the Word of God. And so, Moses, I'm just going to get you to come back again. And uh, the Apostle Paul said, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. And I've asked Pastor Moses if you would just talk about that a bit. Thank you. Uh, Thank you again. Yes, it was my <laughs> idea that came to my mind, and I asked Pastor Brian if he would give me an opportunity 
uh, to preach on Thanksgiving Day, and thank you for today. God is good all the time. God is good. <laughs> Let me take this opportunity to ask this question: Why is so important to give thanks to God? I would like to share this Thanksgiving message with you today because it is most significant message that we we need to hear and we need to our to remind ourselves with daily. I give thanks to God because He's a great God who deserves our thanks daily. I thank God for my life, for my family, for my workplace, for my church that I'm leading, especially Sudanese church. Thank God for them as well. And I thank God for this congregation. Thank God for the leadership of Pastor Brian. And thank God for my friend. Thank God for my relative, my dad and mom, who are not still living. It is great to remember that our God give, every, give us everything that we have because he loves us unconditionally. It is our characters, our characters as a Christian. It is our habit, the attitude that we are adopting from Jesus Christ, that we have to give thanks to God. We do that because it is, it is very important to acknowledge anything that we have, because the way that we live will change all the people's life. As a Christian who believes in, in God, I can give thanks for being here in Canada and give thanks for everything we have in our home. We are so thankful for church members and leaders, as I mentioned earlier. It is my experience that sometimes we complain too much and we thought that whatever we have is not enough. And we sometimes forgot to give thanks to God. We are made to recognize him and honor God as our creators. I will talk a little bit about give thanks in all circumstances. As I just read uh, First Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, 12 to 18. Apostle Paul reminds us from the book of Sicilania, say, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks all circumstances for this God's will for you in, in Christ Jesus. I love this message as Apostle Paul reminds us that regardless of what happened in our life, we can still be joyful. We can still pray continually without ceasing. We can still give thanks. Give thanks to everything that we have, regardless of what happened in our life. 
It is my understanding that Christian joy is not based on any circumstances, but on a growing awareness of God and the certain future of internal life with Christ. The blessing of Christianity is largely spiritual. We thank God for grace. We thank God for being a mercy God. The understanding that he gave us. We thank God for the wisdom that we have. The love that is he giving us. The kindness. His kindness and humility. The peace that, you know, he lead us to. And prosperity. And we say thanks to God for everything that we have in life. I know that Pastor Brian will, maybe will ask me about uh, when my mom passed away. Then I can continue from there because I know, I know the, the question that he has in mind. Yes, I will, I will talk about when, when I was so angry, when my mom died and I was young. I was so worried because my sibling by then was only two years old, the last one, because we were five in my mom. You know, I was so sad, confused, and grumpy. And I keep ask, I was asking why it happened in my family. I was asking why. My life was very, was so devastated, losing hope, because I did not understand the love of God. Even although I was Christian by then, but I didn't, I didn't see the love of God there because I was thinking that why did it happen to me? I forgot that myself and my sibling were still alive. Because God loved us. You know, I didn't know that. I was thinking that, why? And I forgot everything that we heard at home. We heard our poor dad left being with us. And then I didn't think about that. Even my, my colleagues, my age mate, I was feeling like, if you saw me that time, I, I walked like, very, very confused because I didn't realize that God is still loved me. And instead of saying thank you for that time, but I was so angry, grumpy, and controlled by devil life, controlled by devil acts. So it is our responsibility as I present this to you this morning, to seek God's direction so that it will protect our mind from external corruption, influences, and to keep our mind focused on God's truth. We must be grateful and we thank God for many blessings that we have. We do not want to lose hope or we don't want to lose focus on God. 
Most people celebrate this Thanksgiving day today by gathering at home with family, friend, having dinner. Thanksgiving is, is most important because it is time to stop. It's time for us to stop and think of the whole thing that happened in our life. And we say thank you to God. That's the time. That's why this time is so important for us. That's why we celebrate it. That's why we have long weekend. Because we sit at the table and we think for what happened back. And we take them thankful to God. And then tomorrow will be a different day. And we will still to give thanks to God for what happened in our life. There are things that we should be thankful for in our life, such as our health, the good health that we have. You know, the money that we have in bank, like when I was in South Sudan, I didn't even have a bank account. Even when I was in Ethiopia too, I didn't even have. But now in Canada, I do have. I'm working. I have what everything I have in life. Because I know that there's nothing, you know, nothing could be certified. Even if I have, let's say if I have $10 million, that, that will not make my, my life to be different. You know what I mean? But my life will be different if I know that God is my savior. My life will be different if I know that my God is graceful God for my life. We should be thankful for having a few coins in our bank account, live in the most of the richest country, like Canada, the good friend that we have, good family, freedom of religion, you have freedom to pray, you have freedom to go to church, you have freedom to go to school. I had privilege to finish my bachelor degree and master degree at the University of Ambrose. I thank God for that because I didn't say that it is my, it is my ability to do that, no. I thank God for that. And there's one thing that I always say, even when I was taking, because English is my second language, when I was taking IH courses at Ambrose, I always say that I have no excuses to tell my professor that I cannot do that because I'm second language. I have to work hard for that. I have no excuses to say that I can't do it. And I thank God for that. Thank God for being here privileges that I have. We thank God for my parents. We thank God for our parents. We thank God for having a good partner, good partnership, like your spouses. You have your children. You have grandchildren. You know, you have a good friend. And may our God continue to bless you as you are giving thanks to God daily. To God daily. Thank you.
Thank you, Moses. And so, giving thanks is really a good antidote for complaining. And uh, I know every now and again I find myself complaining. I do, you know. But I ask the Lord through his Holy Spirit to remind me when I do that and just turn that into, into thanksgiving and praise. So here's something that you may not know, and maybe you do know this. Um, I have an interest in neuroscience, and I, I like reading about you know, the brain and all the studies on how the brain works and, and that sort of thing. And this is what they've been discovering. When we express gratitude and when we receive that from other people, our brain releases two chemicals. And there's a little image here that's going to come up. And some of you will recognize these right away. How many of you recognize those two chemicals? You all know those? No, you don't. I, I didn't really either. I took a lot of chemistry in university, but the one on the left is dopamine and the other is serotonin. These are really what they would call feel-good drugs, but you don't have to take drugs. Your body just produces them when you have the right attitude. And so they have found that when you express gratitude, feel it and express it, that you're actually releasing these particular hormones. So dopamine and serotonin. And that is really good for your brain. It is good for your body. It is good for your soul. It is good for your relationship with your Lord. It's good in every way, but it's got to be intentional. So it, here's how the sequence works. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. It all begins with prayer. It's a life of prayer. The Apostle Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Notice how he inserts those words, be thank with thanksgiving. Prayer is an act of thanksgiving to God. No matter what your circumstances, you turn it into prayer and you say, God, thank you that you are with me in this time of adversity that I'm facing. Thank you that you're with me in this trial. Thank you that you're with me even though I feel desperate and even though I'm poor. Thank you, Lord, that you are with me. And it's just this, this attitude of gratitude that you take with you, but you turn it into an expression where we give praise to God. I think we need to turn that into words. Hear the words coming out of our mouth or write them down in a journal. And so pr prayer, I believe, produces gratitude. And gratitude produces joy. How can you not experience joy if you have gratitude? You can't help but have joy no matter what. When we look at the life of the Apostle Paul, we say it's not realistic. How could he say, rejoice always when he himself is suffering unjustly? He's not complaining because he gets it. He gets it. If you want joy in your life, people, really, it begins with prayer. Prayer produces gratitude. Gratitude produces joy. So this is a call to action. And it is realistic. But these things are not natural. They are supernatural. They are supernatural. We need the grace of God to help us 
live this way. And so, just in closing, instead of, when you're going through a hard time, and just things aren't going well for you, instead of saying, why me? Why don't you just say, why not me? You know what? I've known Christians who know about what's going on in the developing world. They watch the news. They see CNN and Fox. They know that there's terrible violence and poverty and suffering in other regions of the world. They don't give it a thought. It's just news. But when it happens to them, they want to curse God and die. What's wrong with that? How selfish is that? It happens to me, now I feel sorry for myself. I'm like, no God, no. I'm not entitled to anything. Don't ask why me, just say, why not me? Moses, you grew up in South Sudan, and it was not easy. And uh, I know you have many relatives there now who are suffering. Uh, you've lost many of them to violence. Many have died, been killed. So South Sudan is the, uh, I think it's still the world's youngest nation, 2011. But it's not been going really well. There's still a lot of violence and tribalism. Um, your children, uh, three of your four children grew up, uh, were born in Canada. I know that Khan was born in Ethiopia, but he was about two years old when you came over here. But I know that your children went with Nyabale, your wife, to South Sudan in 2019. And your kids had really no, they didn't know anything about life there, really, except maybe what you told them, maybe pictures you showed them. Can you just tell us what that was like? What was that like for your kids to growing up in Canada? And just tell us briefly, just kind of like, what was that like for them to go to South Sudan and Ethiopia? I guess it was Ethiopia, but what was that like for them? Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, my uh, children went back to Ethiopia in 2019. So, was not in South Sudan. Because South Sudan, you know, it's become a broken country now. Then when my three children went back in Ethiopia, they, they saw that the life there is very, very difficult. And I'm glad that when they came back, and we talked, they, they told me everything that they experienced, especially my daughter, because she was, I think she was uh, seven years by then. Uh, she was very, very happy to be there. And sometimes they feel so, you know, so bad for people that they made bad them, because the life there is not, is not easy like here, mm. especially Everybody there, the parents, the young children in Ethiopia. You know, my kid told me that living in Canada is better than living in Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like to share that because, you know, sometimes for us, we people who grew up there, we know what it's like. But for those who were born here, like especially our children, they don't know how it's like there. Right. But it's just so grateful that I hear from them. 
And now they knew, even my <laughs> son Goy and Sunday, I knew Khan was born there, but he moved back when he was only two, two and a half years old. Right. So, yes, the life there is not easy. Yeah. And we're so thankful to be here. They're so thankful to be here. The education that they're having here, you know, the health and everything that we have. And we, we can keep praying for those who are in Africa. I say that Africa is not a bad continent, but maybe the leadership there that they have is not like here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, we, we pray that God will give them wisdom to, to know how to lead, to know how to lead their people in a good way and in a way that they can rejoice us to. Thank you. Thank you, Moses. Yeah, so anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. You know, just, uh, it, you know, we complain. I hear people complain all the time about life in Canada. And, you know, gas just went up to 143.9, I think, something like that. And, you know, we have so many things. We, we can complain about our government and who got elected and all this. But, you know, compared to, to a lot of other regions of the world, many folks, we still have it really really good and we should be thankful but don't take it for granted and so rejoice pray give thanks always continually in all circumstances it doesn't matter what's going on around us rejoice pray and give thanks that's how we can make every day a thanksgiving day I know that when my wife and I, and we're just going to close in prayer, I'm going to invite the worship team just to please come. They're going to sing us out of here after the benediction. Um, and uh, when, when, when something goes wrong, so, you know, I'm really, uh, I'm a little bit of a klutz sometimes. I drop things, things smash on the floor. And then there's, you know, you know when you drop something on the floor and it smashes and it just goes everywhere, you know? And I will begin to grumble and complain about that. You know, why me? Why me? And then I have to catch myself and go, you know what? The problems that I suffer most of the time are what we would call first world problems. They really, really are. The problems that we have here are so, uh, so small compared to what so many other people suffer. And I think we just need to keep that in mind. And so, folks, let's make every day a Thanksgiving day. And let this weekend be a reminder to us that uh, we have so much to thank God for, no matter what. And I want to pray for South Sudan, and then I'm going to give a benediction, and the worship team will sing us out of here. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be reminded to rejoice always, to pray continually, and to give thanks in all circumstances. God, forgive us when we complain, when we grumble. Lord, teach us to be thankful in all circumstances. Help us, Lord, as the old hymn says, to count our blessings, to be intentional about it, to speak our words of gratitude, to write them down. And may you send us from this place today, Father, with blessing. Because we know that it's compared to so many others, others who suffer, we have it so good. We pray for South Sudan. I pray for peace in South Sudan. I pray for a good, righteous government. 
I pray, Lord, that you'd raise up servant leaders who care not just for themselves, but for the people. I pray for protection upon the South Sudanese people. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us now to remember them in prayer. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. I'll turn it over to the worship team. All right, so go ahead and stand up. Uh,